This episode has been recorded by Janine Preston for Life is a Beach. Hi Cliff, I believe uh, I'm with uh, AKA Pixbudger. That is right, that is me, yeah. And tell <laughs> me a little bit about Pixbudger. Yeah. No, uh, so Pixbudger was actually um, just a little baby that I started back in 2010. Um, got fed up with cops hiding behind uh, bushes and rocks, trapping people <laughs> purely for monetary reasons and things like that. So I decided, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be cool to actually have an account that people would be able to you know, share this kind of information with? And my main goal was to hit about maybe 500 people, 1,000 people maybe. Um, yeah, and I obviously superseded that. And where are we sitting now? Uh, at the moment, I think it's 500 and, well, say call it 550, 550,000 people now. Well, you see, you were close. You said 500. What you didn't know at the yes. time was that was going to escalate into 500,000. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's, that's so good it started in, in 2010 and it went from there. And, and what is, the, what is the, the aim behind it? Where have you gone to from there? Tell me your story. Your, your journey is such an interesting journey. All of us yeah. know pig spotting. Yeah. So my journey, basically, um, so I, I, I drive around a heck of a lot for my personal business, which um, is you know, in the security uh, industry. So I ends in the service industry as well. So from starting the whole pig spotter thing, I try to keep it as anonymous as possible. I did not show my face. So very few people, I think if 20 people knew who I was five years after starting, it was a lot. Um, I, yeah, Wayne Minar came out uh, after it came through on the Star, on the Star newspaper by Aki Anastasio. He obviously broke the news that there's this guy called Pixpot who's uh, defaming <laughs> cops and things like that. Um, yeah, then Mr. Wayne Minar went on to national television on ETV saying, listen, we, you know, even if he stops now, we're going to arrest him. Um, three different charges. So it was um, defamation of character. Uh, criminal injuria and defeating ends of justice. So those are the three charges that he was hoping to to nail me on. And um, yeah, I mean, till today, there's still absolutely nothing, no docket that's um, being presented. My lawyer, I mean, I gave him instruction to say, listen, if at any point they have anything they would like to arrest me on, I'm happy to walk in. And yeah, nothing's nothing's ever come from that. But um, I mean, subsequently, yeah. I mean, I was thrust into the limelight. Um, I mean, every newspaper, Sky News, CNN, um, all of them were doing stories on me. Heat Magazine, of all things as well, um, FHM. <laughs> so I've, I've had my, my, my share of um, what was it, social media um, celebrity kind of vibes, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but then obviously, you know, you get those the really awesome people, um, people like Monte Casino, actually, they... They seem to love me for some unknown reason. I really do appreciate them. They um, they were send me on like to go and view all the concerts and uh, view movies, whatever I wanted. Um, all the, all of that at no charge, and only if I really enjoyed it would they then say, "Listen, yeah, if you enjoy it, let people know. If you don't, it's fine. You don't have to. You know, it's completely up to you what you want to do with it." It is a great spin-off. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, something completely unforeseen and unprecedented. Um, I got to experience many amazing adventures. I mean, um, Monte Casino actually sent us off to Abu Dhabi uh, for a week. We went to go have some fun down there. I went down to Durban, not for the Durban July, but the uh, the bigger one, which is the, the Golden Horse Sprint. Um, went down there for a weekend, so just a random story. But 
literally sitting at a dinner table at the uh, Golden Horse Sprint. And there was a, the, a group of guys in front of me. We were all sitting having dinner. And um, this one guy kept getting up and going to uh, get photos taken with random people. Like, who is this guy? Like, why is he? People keep coming in asking to take photos with him. And um, unbeknownst to me, I was sitting opposite Mikasa. Um, <laughs> so I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. The to my right was um, Good Luck as well. You know, Good Luck, the um, Cape Town-based uh, group. And um, it was just, yeah, I'm surrounded by all these like big names and I'm just this little average Joe with a social media account that took off pretty much. I think one of the most amazing things was I met you at a Maserati event. It was also a Talk With yeah. Sun event. And I remember thinking, is this who I would have thought it would be? But then I realized I actually didn't know who I thought you would be anyway. I mean, <laughs> it's not you have any particular person in mind. It just... Um, when you kind of thought, oh, that, that's pig spotter. And it was something that when Twitter was still taking off, I mean, it's, it's now obviously quite big. What, how do yeah. you get your, your news feeds? Does people, do people send it to you? Um, because clearly now you just, it, there's too much news for just one person to handle. No, absolutely. Um, so I think out in the beginning, it was literally everything that I saw. So whatever I saw, I would put it out there until eventually, um, I think within a month, I had already 5,000 followers, um, and then all of, then they would start sending me information. Um, then I had guys like Gareth Cliff who would send me stuff um, all on like WhatsApp, like, hey, listen, stuff's going on here. And um, yeah, I would literally pull, put, I was literally the central service hub. Um, so if people sent all the information into me, I'd probably get three or four reports of the same thing before I would broadcast it out. And um, and this was obviously before Waze was even you know in the picture. There was no Waze. Uh, Google didn't have you know the analytics that they have now. Obviously, telling people where all the traffic jams on the highway is. So unfortunately, obviously, with the creation of all of those things, um, it it has died down. And I'm I've actually stepped. I, I don't want to say stepped away, but I've actually stepped a bit back from from the whole fix part of thing, purely because um, also like Twitter has become almost such a nasty place. Unfortunately, it, it always used to be a nice place where you could um, chat to people, get interesting opinions, interesting ideas. People could you know, share their life stories without any you know, fear of judgment and that kind of stuff. And um, But nowadays, geez, if you have an opinion that's slightly different from the next person, you get taken out for it. And that's quite sad because we always enjoyed your opinions. Your opinions were kind yeah. of... They were, they were open and they were out there. So what was nice about it is you you always had what you wanted to say. You said it. And everybody thought, wow, this guy always says what I think. So yeah. you had the big... <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I like, like, I'm glad to hear that. Jeez. Um, and I, I still do every now and then. But like quite often on a, like a political spectrum, um, I tend to have these opinions that I just feel like for the little guy, I feel like a lot of little guys don't have the voice or they, they they want to try and say something but they just aren't able to to have the kind of platform to say it um one random example random example and remember when fords the uh, eco sports were all starting to catch fire no, no the cougars sorry the cougars were all starting to catch fire and um more and more people were trying to get that information out there say listen mine also caught fire and i came across a lady named Renisha Jimmy and um, her brother sadly he actually passed away in one of those cougar fires and I just I went for it she she, she approached me to listen would you mind maybe just trying to raise some awareness around this and I started punting it and um, the more the more I started 
telling people about these Fords that are catching fire. The more people came around it, and then eventually it hit the news, and Ford were then held accountable, and they paid her a settlement. Um, so just like one of those small little victories that's, you know, taking something that I've created and being able to help other people in their quest of, you know, getting some kind of, you know, answers, basically. The good, the, the, the good comes out of somebody who, and, and you obviously haven't lost your, um, your, your uh, ability to just be humble because just talking to you, um, there, there's certainly a humbleness about you that I didn't expect. And I think oh, okay. it's that, that that makes you so approachable. I mean, I approached you out of the blue and you were kind enough to say, sure, I'll give you an interview. Um, and, and that coming from someone like yourself who's pretty sort of well-known and, and famous was really quite out of the blue and so well appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always say like famous in inverted commas. You know, it's, it, it's such like a, a, a fake kind of, I mean, we don't have celebrities in this country. Yes, we have a lot of good musical artists and things like that. But the only reason why I believe that some people are celebrities is because they're in a specific field, which is for our entertainment, for people's entertainment, which is why we then place them on the platform. Um, so for all these people to like start getting these massive heads like, oh, I'm on radio and um, or, or like I'm on TV, I'm a celebrity because I've done X, Y, Z. It's, it's just unfounded. It's like, okay, cool. You have a job in the entertainment industry. You do your job and you do a good job. Awesome. I mean, there are many doctors out there. There are many um, teachers out there who are all phenomenal at what they do, but they don't achieve celebrity status. So for me, the whole thing on celebrity is. <laughs> but uh, um, I appreciate your, your being humble. And I think that's what that uh, lady said about you and the Ford was obviously saying, would you help me yeah. raise awareness? And you did just being yourself. And I think that's what Twitter used to do. It used to be a platform where you could, I know when we saw the trucks burning and there was this whole thing around foreigners burning the the, the trucks. And, and my chirp was, because yeah. I've just got my code 10 and I'm going for my code 14 license. And I said, at the end of the day, how do you know if I'm from here or I'm a foreigner? Do you just burn my truck and ask my question afterwards? And surely we don't have enough qualified drivers in this country. Well, did that cause a Twitter storm? Eventually, I just stopped on <laughs> I just thought, you know what, my answer is what it is. I go overseas to work. Does that mean they're going yep. to burn me at the stake because they don't have enough carers over there or they don't have enough drivers? Does that mean I deserve to be burnt? So you need to kind of step back and start thinking through things and not just burning tires and burning people. Um, sure. That's what puts yep. a, a sort of step behind, you know. So sure. how are I, Rose? Have they improved? Are we any closer to to being in a better state. I mean, we've obviously got these um, toll gates that no longer work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I tell you what, they, they're actually still trying to enforce the um, the e-tolls. That's still going to be trying to come down our throats. And um, their first step towards actually successfully trying to implement this is with the ARTA Act that they've uh, they've already passed through into government, uh, which hasn't, which hasn't uh, taken a, uh, effect as yet. But once that does, there is going to be um, some kind of leeway that they're going to be able to say, listen, if you have outstanding e-tolls, you're not going to be able to renew your driver's license. Now, me personally, I have three vehicles, um, two of which are company vehicles on the roads, and I've already amassed probably about 80 to 100,000 rands worth of e-tolls. Um, so <laughs> if they decide, okay, cool, you're going to have to now pay almost 100,000 rand to be able to renew your, your driver's license, and if say for example with the i think it's 10 million drivers in in johannesburg around the e-tolls 
if 10 million drivers, say for example, they owe even just 10,000 Rand, no one's going to renew their, their driver's license. You're going to have <laughs> more, more people who do not have driver's license. So you're literally encouraging people to disobey the law. Are you so, then going to call not Ghostbusters, but Wayne and his team from Outer? Yeah, 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 Mr. Yeah, Divinaj, um, and also the, um, the the chairman of the Justice Project South Africa, Mr. Howard Dubovsky. Um, he's definitely one of the legal beagles that will assist people, you know, in trying to, and, and he has been doing that. He's been trying to, you know, slow it, stop it, and say, listen, we never signed up for this. We never accepted this. You guys went ahead without any public consent, and, um, you know, you can't just rationally force people to stop paying, you know, into it. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, as for your question with regards to the roads, I mean, I think we've seen the roads have been absolutely horrendous. Uh, more and more potholes are coming through. Um, as more and more money, I think, is being swindled out of the JRA. So, I mean, there was actually one specific pothole. It actually wasn't so long ago. I think it was about two months ago. There was a, this massive pothole on either side of um, on Oxford Road, there near the Goodman Gallery. And these, these holes were so big that people had to take two lanes, narrow it down into one to drive into the middle between these two potholes. And oh it was, it, it was like, yeah, it, it was literally like that for probably about six months or so. And eventually one day after a bit of a rainstorm, I came through and I saw this and I got hot full, took a photo of it, sent it to the JRA and, uh, and I put a big tweet about it. I said, listen guys, you know, enough's enough. At least come through, drop some time here just to fill it up. And then carry on at least as a temporary, um, you know, a temporary repair. Because I mean, I saw two cars further down that had punctures because you know they'd driven through these potholes, and um, I'm pretty sure I probably saw like a little Suzuki Swift stuck still in the bottom of one of these holes. Um, and well, lo and behold, they actually went through the very next day and they filled it up. So at least they did something. But but it, it, it takes like a big account to try and make a fuss about it in order for them to do something, which. You know, it's unnecessary. It shouldn't be that way. No, I agree. I mean, I'm sure Trump agrees with you as well now that he's been banned from Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I've always admired about you is that you're able to say what I think in 150 characters. As a journalist, I can never say anything in less than 500 words. Yet here you come along and exactly, and I think, why can't I think like he does? So where do you come up with all your, your, your funny sayings and the way you say things? Is it something that you kind of do at night when you get home from work and you think, okay, I'm going to be funny now? <laughs> or you naturally be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it does kind of come a little bit naturally-ish. But sometimes it's actually even from the followers. Um, so some, like especially in the early days, I would have followers um, send, hey, pork crackling or sitting on the corner of XYZ. I was like, that's funny. I haven't used pork crackling yet. I must use that. <laughs> um, so a lot of the times it's things that they've sent me. And then I, yes, I'll be honest. I actually then I said, okay, cool. Let's Google all different types of pork products and, um, and, and ways in which I can try and use them in sentences. I created like this A4 page of all these different analogies and things like that and um, and i would use a couple but then eventually that just got old and i just like i just like hey crackling pork chops sizzling and you know <laughs> just <hope> that. Like, <laughs> now, now there's only and is your still growing um no to be honest i think she's actually plateaued at the moment so a couple of months ago twitter actually went through a massive cleanse pro um project and they deleted 
numerous bots. There were like lots and lots of bots. I actually lost 20,000 followers. Well, they seemed like followers. All of them gone. They were actually just bots. And um, I've, I've actually seen her now. She sits on 559,000 and she's been sitting there probably for about six or seven months now. So I think she's just plateaued on 559, which doesn't do my OCD any favors. Like I literally, 560, <laughs> I'll be okay with 559, no, come on. <laughs> so we're going to have to do something about that. We're going to have to make a drive to get to 600. Yeah, well, yeah, at least I'll 560. I'm not, I'm not going to be too greedy. Like 560 is okay. Oh, no, you can't be too greedy when you started at 500 and you're now on 550. <laughs> that's true. And that's what, is, true. what is the future for you? Is it something you're going to end up doing full time or is it something that you're still going to enjoy as a hobby? No, I'll, I think I'll carry on with it as a hobby. Um, I did have a, a large end goal in mind um, where there's something I actually want to do back for the community. Uh, with all the connections I've created with PicSpotter, I've probably got about five or six people lined up that if I hit the lotto, because I, I don't want to give the project away because I hate saying things that then if I they mean, don't come true, like, exactly, then it's like, oh, okay, he did not fulfill a prophecy. Um, <laughs> but th 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 there's something that I want to do that's to give back to the community. But in order for me to get there, I need to raise about 15 million rand. Um, so I did start a little bit with uh, paid tweets and sponsored tweets and things like that, where if people wanted to, um, if people wanted to promote their business, if people wanted to say, hey, listen, I've got this service I would like to promote, I would then do that at like 5,000 rand a tweet, where I know some other guys are actually charging a 15 or 20,000 rand a tweet. I think that's insane for like five seconds of work, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so, so I started doing that, and uh, I think I've only probably done about 30,000 rands worth. And, the, you know, the, the demand wasn't coming in enough. So I literally just took that and I just donated it to um, Chalk Kids with Cancer, and and I've left it at that. That's very generous of you. No. See, it goes to you being a nice guy. <laughs> the humble oh, guy yes. I started getting to. <laughs> it, it, it's not my money. It's the community's money. So, you know, if I, if I can't put it into the big project that I want to put it into, then I'd rather just give it back to the community. No, yeah. I agree. And I'm, I'm so pleased that you took the time out to chat to me. It was really nice of you to, um, to just come and tell me a little bit about you and, and about yeah. the project. And now we've known, we, we get to know a little bit more about you. And I think that's awesome. the important Thank thing, you. the face behind the behind the pig, as it were. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a shame. Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it as well. No, and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Thank sir. you. That episode was recorded for Life is a Beach at the Life is Better in Flip Flop Studios.